glorious day. Glorious, glorious day. You're going to find out why I'm laughing. And for those that are not first-time listeners, I'm sure you understand why I'm laughing already. And we'll definitely get into that. But hello to all you wonderful and unique beings. It is Monday, January 15th. For those that are listening on the pod and not watching us live on YouTube, it's Tuesday, January 16th. And we're here to talk sports. And we'll do so every Tuesday, showing love to all of you. As I mentioned already, they are watching live on YouTube. Hello. We appreciate you guys. Uh, Sam, we got a lot of fun stuff to get into. The games this weekend were very, very interesting. As we record, there is literally a game going on. It is the Bills and the Steelers. Uh, It just kicked off just a little while ago with all of the snow and all of the things that happened in Buffalo this time of the year, a place that I never want to go this time of the year. Uh, But we'll definitely get into the biggest upset uh, that happened. Uh, Sam and I both chose the Cowboys, and it was reverse psychology for me. I don't know if it was for Sam, but uh, it paid off. Uh, A coming out show for Jordan Love. Uh, We we also got to see some very other interesting play um, and and good play for sure uh, throughout other games. So we'll definitely get to that. But let's get through our introduction first. Now to introduce the most dominant tag team from the East, the brains of the group, the number cruncher. He's the advisor. Sam, what's up? Hey, mom. Huh? Just saying hi to my mom in case oh. she's listening. Oh, okay. <laughs> you hey, said that right after, and I was so good. You can see the genuine confusion on my face. But yeah, yes, yeah, hi, 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 mama. Uh, hey. <laughs> and I'm the other half of the duo. I'm Brandon. I'm just here, so I won't get fine. This is episode 120 of the Chasing Points podcast. Uh, how you doing all in all, Sam? I'm good, man. It's uh, We haven't recorded during a football game in a while. We used to do Sunday nights, and that was fun. But uh, yeah, this is this is fun to see. Yes. I, do, I don't want to go to Buffalo when it's any kind of cold either. So sign me up. Yeah, no. For that. Anything, that. anything uh, upstate, even though people like to try to deem us as upstate, we're not. We're technically mid-state. Uh, but anything upstate this time of year and Canada as a whole entire country are absolutely off limits for me this time of year. I love Canada. I love Canada. Canada. The spring. Toronto is wonderful. I heard Montreal is Montreal's amazing. Fantastic. Um, I go to Toronto a couple times a year for for work. It's wonderful. I have a lot of friends up there. Yep, no same. thanks, guys. It's cold I'm, enough here. I can't I can't do I've it. been invited several times during the winters uh, over the past few years, and I absolutely tell them no. If you if you value me as a friend, you will not invite will me there during ask. winter ever again. Yeah. yeah. It's not gonna happen. There you go. Fair enough. Spring, summer, fall, sure. Uh winter, absolutely not. Uh so Sam, let's let's not even waste any time. Okay. Uh I don't want to bury the lead because I don't want you to yelling at me like you did before. So let's just go right into the upset of wildcard weekend. Packers at Cowboys. Packers were the seven seed. Cowboys were the two seed. We both picked them. By them, I mean the Cowboys. They had everything in front of them. And they left everything behind them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's very well put. Next game, next game. <laughs> <laughs> they left everything behind them. Um, that's great. Yeah, un- uh, it was not uh, what we were expecting, as, especially as dominant as the Cowboys have been at home this season and as well as they've played. And as I think one of the bigger shocks, too, was how well this defense continued to play all year. 
Um, and that none of that happened. And the score yeah. was 48 to 32. Wasn't even that close. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it was, yeah, it was, uh, something left to be desired for a lot of cowboy fans, but also familiar territory, unfortunately, <laughs> uh, for a lot of cowboy fans. And we know a lot of them and, uh, yeah, just reach out to your cowboy friends and did you console sure okay. your sister tell her i said hi remember how she told me hi yeah, tell yeah. her i said hi um make sure you let her know i said hi i have uh, not spoken to my sister in the last uh that's a bad know, brother you should have checked on her yeah I you should have checked on You're her right. right away uh but i, I mean I'm, i know she's gonna be all right because all cowboys fans should be all right because even though they're delusional they know this is going to be the outcome every single year and it has been and it continues to be and it's crazy to see their former head coach uh, and, and Jimmy Johnson over there on Fox getting them amped as if they could hear it. Uh, but that's who they needed in the locker room at that point in time, clearly, uh, because there was no adjustments made. And they went with their game plan and the Packers punched him in the face. This was Jordan Love's first playoff game. Couldn't and tell. he made Dak look like it was his first playoff game. He made that whole Cowboys team look like it was their first playoff game. They absolutely exposed Gilmore, who's going to be a Hall of Famer. Uh, They made him bite because he likes to jump routes. So they made him bite to the flat, and they took it up field, and they were beating them. There were so many plays, and by so many, it was like three plays, that the receivers were wide open. Like Like, nobody around him for like 10 yards. Wild consistent, and he had over a hundred yards, but consistently the same wide open in the middle of the field. Yep, Aaron, it happened too much. Yeah, uh, Aaron Jones, three touchdowns in this game has has only had. I think he only had two rushing touchdowns the whole season. He had a rough year, and he was his battle he injuries. He's a he tough did. Son of a gun he now, but yeah, he had a bad uh, year, but he did not have yeah. a bad game against no. the Cowboys. He I at said all. it to. I was at my uh, sister in law's house. I said to my mm-hmm. brother in law. Man, Aaron Jones looks like he's a rookie again, like the way he was running. And, yep. it, you know, it was, uh, they just, yeah, they punched you in the mouth. Jordan Love didn't, you know, just look like he, this is old, you know, he old news like, for him. He looked like Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. yeah. Those, those throws off that back foot and the way he was just lobbing it in there, it was just, it was great. So, as I was telling Sam before we, we came on here, I was, I was spending time with my lady for our anniversary and we went and celebrated uh her friend's birthday as well um up in uh, the Catskills and they're Eagles fans. So we were sitting there and we were just gloating about this and I made sure there's one particular Cowboys fan that I hope is listening to this uh because out of all the Cowboys fans I don't talk trash to period but this young man decides That's to bring you it to my podcast. front door. It, well, it's true. And, and right. you know what, Sam, at the beginning when we started this podcast, I would take shots at the Cowboys, you know, here and there. And I've lessened it a lot. I I, I would say I've lessened it a lot. Uh, but I'm not going to lessen it for this young man because uh, he made sure that he brought uh, this to my front door uh, when the Eagles lost and, and or have been on the skid. And they still obviously have a chance of losing tonight, which is fine. Uh, but it doesn't really matter to me if they lose tonight because I've been seeing what they're doing and it's kind of par for the course at this point in time but uh what is also par for the course is what the cowboys do every year and what they did and they acted as if they were going to do something this was 100 percent the year that the cowboys had a chance to go somewhere for real and they blew it as they always did 
And for those that are Dak apologists, it's a hard day for you today. It's a hard. It's going to be a hard week, a hard off season for you to watch that. And I, I know a lot of people have said, well, you know, the the defense didn't really give Dak a chance. Well, Dak has a job to do offensively. He threw two picks, uh, and they just did not look good. CD was dropping the ball, had the problem dropping the ball again. Uh, Ferguson was a bright spot. He's been a bright spot on that team for a while. But at what point, as I said to you before earlier this season, at what point do you say it's time to move on from Dak? We are now here. He's the offseason is here for the Cowboys. Dak is due to get paid. Dak had a potential MVP season, but the verdict was still the same. Dak has a phenomenal record every other month except for January. When it counts, right? Exactly. Yeah, so are so- you going to continue to pay this this young man this money that he's proven that when it gets into those times that we need you to really step up and be that quarterback? And you never have. You haven't done it. You literally had a rookie come. Well, first year starter, because Jordan Love's not a rookie. A first year starter come in here and absolutely own this team and look way better than you. Right. When yeah. are you going to be able to do that? We watched CJ Stroud, which we'll get into that game. We watched CJ Stroud, who is arguably the best rookie quarterback that anybody has ever seen. Statistically, he is. Um, yeah. Come in and do what he's ha- absolutely done and willed his team to a victory. And again, Dak, when are you going to do this for the team? So I, yeah. I, that's my question I pose to you. I, I, I will shut the hell up. I, I'm really curious to hear what you think about that. Um, great question. I was reading something on The Athletic earlier that, you know, uh, Dak's in his final year of his contract next year and the cap yep. hits like over $60 million. So he's going to get an extension just to figure that money out. I, and I know you've been pounding the table all year, and I don't think, and I don't think you're wrong about Kirk Cousins, who was on his way to having one of his best years, but yep. until he got hurt, despite yep. even though the team was started what zero and four or something mm-hmm. or one and four, what however it was, it was not the best record. And that team turned around. And I have to imagine that if if Kirk was healthy, they would have been beaten down the door for the playoffs, just like they were. They did it with Nick Mullins and and a brief stint from Joshua Dobbs. So, you know, I would take Kirk Cousins over more than... I would take Kirk Cousins over a lot of the quarterbacks in this league <laughs> as a team that almost had Kirk Cousins and desperately needs a quarterback. And, mm-hmm. you know, aside from, from Aaron Rodgers, I, I don't think Dak Prescott's grow on trees. It's very hard. That's true. That, yes. Um, and I will not... I will not pin all of this or the the Nor recent failures on on Dak, and I know I know you're not you're you're realistic and uh, rational enough to to mm-hmm. kind of be able to sort all that through. Uh, but it's it's tough, uh, you know. And he went to bat for McCarthy after the game. He said, "We got better. I got better because of Mike McCarthy." And it, it doesn't uh, matter, McCarthy. It, McCarthy oh, is going to be there if he's, he's still tough. there, yeah. bro. Look, two two twelve win seasons back to back. Uh, but ultimately, the same ending, right? It since '96, they've been one. They've made the playoffs and exited without a win eight times wow. since their the dynasty was over, if you will. The yeah. you know the last Super Bowl, and they're five and thirteen since '96 in the postseason. Previously, they were thirty-one and eighteen. So that's like you know this 
this is not a Dak problem. It was a Tony Romo problem. It was, mm-hmm. you know, whoever else before that. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know what you do. I think that I think you're stuck with Dak for at least another year. I don't know how that all is going to work out in the, the paperwork and whatnot, but yeah, I think, I think, uh, I think Mike's, uh, Mike McCarthy's looking for another job in a, in a couple days or so. Um, I, and- listen, if I'm, if I'm Jerry, so Jerry's got a, a, a tough dilemma here. And the reason why he has a tough dilemma here is, is to the points that you just made. Um, it wasn't all Dak's fault. Uh, it wasn't all, it wasn't all, uh, the defense fault. Uh, but it definitely is the coaching's fault too. Like it, 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 it's not all their fault because they're not out there playing, right? So everybody played a part. Everybody was a piece to this full pie that absolutely folded, right? So what do you do as Jerry Jones? Because you have Dak, who throughout the season was in the MVP conversation during the regular season. If Obviously, that was a playoff game, so it doesn't count towards MVP voting. But Dak is still in the MVP conversation. Yeah, voting's done, right? So, voting is absolutely yeah. done. He's still in the MVP conversation for what he's done in regular season, right? Mike McCarthy is in Coach of the Year conversation for what his team has done during the regular season. He's also, which you sent me, I think it was you that sent me. Uh, this is three years in a row that he's had his teams at twelve wins. And they have not gotten to the conference championship, right? They haven't gotten to the conference finals in their last 13 playoff appearances. There you go. Uh, yeah. This is this is two. He's two out of three in the playoffs, McCarthy. So the, these is two, two one and duns. And then what was it last year? Is was they? It was the Buccaneers last year, right? That they beat, or is that two what, years ago? Last year wasn't the year where they did that stupid audible on the head, Zeke. That, that was last center. year against the was Niners. That, last year? that was the Niners, yeah. yeah. Um, so two years ago was, was they, against the yeah. Buccaneers when they Bucks. beat them, which the Bucks weren't a great team then, right? So, what does Jerry really do? Like you really, you if you get rid of Mike McCarthy, he again he's he's had three teams in a row. Have twelve wins, right? It's hard to even get to twelve wins in this league. We we can see so many people that didn't get even close to that, right? Uh, you have a defensive coordinator in Dan Quinn that had uh, this defense buzzing. Yes, obviously they were missing some people, but teams learned about the Cowboys. It's the same thing, and it seems like Dan Quinn's defenses don't make adjustments. Like this is the game plan. It is what it is. Here we are, right? And then you have the players. Like the CD Lambs that you're paying X amount of money, you got Dak. What what do you do? So if you're Jerry Sam, and this will be the last point, so we can move on to other games. Uh, what do you do if you're Jerry? I think it depends who. I mean, the hot name and the the no brainer name is Bill Belichick, right? Jim yeah. Harbaugh. I don't even know if that's a realistic thing or whatever, but it depends on like what you can do because I don't know if you can you have a lot invested in this team and there has been an improvement at least mm-hmm. in how the team has been playing under Mike McCarthy Agreed. despite not being able to show up in January and they're not the only team that has this you know bad January record I mean look at the Dolphins you know you can you can make some other cases here but you know they are they want all the smoke and they're going to get the smoke when it doesn't it doesn't work out. So, I don't know what you do unless you can get Bill Belichick, which I don't know what that dynamic looks like. Yeah. You know, I I think you probably got to see what's out there, but 
I don't I don't know if Mike McCarthy coming back is in the best interest of of anybody. Uh, I think you're stuck with Dak. I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. I don't know what else you're going to do. Look at the free agents. Tannehill, Kirk Cousins. I'm not, you know, those are the names that jumped up out to me yeah. that are free agents. I don't know you're getting much better than that. You know, you're going to turn a playoff-ready team to Trey Lance. You did yeah. trade a fourth-round pick for him, which is, you know, pretty high, uh, uh, you know, assets for him. But, you know, I I don't know. I. I don't know. What would you do? I, I think he's probably gone. Who? McCarthy. McCarthy? Yeah. I think he's gone. I think Dan Quinn, uh, it, it's going to be between Dan Quinn. Bill and Jerry apparently have a really, really good relationship. Uh, so I don't know how that looks. Uh, I don't think Bill cares if he's the GM or not. And I don't think. Actually, I know that Jerry and Steven are not giving up the GM reins because they've actually been drafting pretty well. Um, and they don't want what has been happening with Bill. Uh, but also, I, I would even question, because I forgot who said it in the conversation uh, I had, but uh, or actually, it was Shannon Sharp. I had, did not have a conversation with him. I would like to. You don't uh, have him. But uh, he said, I think people also need to think about that Bill was willing to relinquish the power that he had so easily. Right? Like, why... Why was he willing just to part with the power that he had so easily? Like what what else is potentially going on? That's a whole nother topic. But um I, I think if I'm Jerry, McCarthy's gone. Um I don't know if I let Dan Quinn go because the defense is really good under him. And Despite but, dropping forty eight to the seventh seed. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's is there's a combination. Uh, but I mean, Dan Quinn is also was the head coach of the team that allowed the Patriots to come back and beat them after the Patriots were up by so much. So he's also that Dan Quinn. Oh, that's the same guy. That's that's that guy. So oh, that uh, guy. <laughs> seems like that's in his DNA. So, yeah, I, I, I think the, the number one thing is McCarthy. And, and to your point, I would say I, I would tell Dak, you know, we're only signing you for one year. You prove you prove it to us this year. We obviously know what you can do during a regular season. We've seen it. Great. We don't need you just for the regular season. We need you in the postseason. We need you to step up when things aren't going right. We need you to be the person that brings us where we need to go. And he didn't do that yesterday. He had a terrible game. Sixteen straight wins at home. They averaged thirty-seven points a game at home this season. So, you know, uh, this was. This is why you win your division, and this is why you want to win your division. Yep. Now, you know, you saw the the Browns had to go into Houston. It was 80 degrees. We'll get to the Dolphins-Kansas City game. It was 80 degrees in uh, Miami on Saturday. Yeah. It was like negative 20 with the wind chill in Kansas City. So this is why you want to host playoff games. They had the perfect scenario, and it, it just they, they couldn't get it done. But I don't. I don't want to diminish what the Packers have done either. They've been on a roll to end the year. Uh, Matt LaFleur's teams really pick it up in in December. They like they finally lost a December game mm-hmm. this year, you know, but he's been perfect in December before that. Like so, you know, they they have a really good core and um, you know, just really impressive showing from Jordan Love here, who did not look like it was his first playoff no. start and you know no. what, his 16th career start 
you know, or not 16, maybe 19th career start or something like that. So, you know, um, yeah, kudos to, to that team. Tough sledding next week. We'll get to that. But, you yeah, know, we for will. now. Um, Let's get to the team that we've rooted for from afar and watch their turnaround. And last night it reached its peak and they are potentially still climbing uh, as they are facing either uh, Bucks or the Eagles after tonight's game. But the Lions, well, it should be the six seed Rams were at the three seed Lions. Uh, the Lions won 24 to 23. Uh, it was such a good game, and there was so much, so many storylines in this game. Uh, could this be Aaron Donald's last game, right? If if they win or lose, we obviously know the verdict. They lost. Uh, it was Matthew Stafford coming back to Detroit. It was Jared Goff facing his old team that said they didn't want him. Uh, it, it is uh, the Lions that had not been in the playoffs for 32 years. 32 years in a row, Sam. The first time they were in the playoffs. I can only imagine how that would feel for my team to not be in the playoffs for 32 straight years. Um, let's start with the atmosphere. We've already said the score. Let's start with the atmosphere. Seeing uh, the who's who of Detroit on the sideline. Barry Sanders, yeah. Eminem, Big Sean, Megatron. Um there's so many other people, celebrities that were there. The the crowd, uh, as Dan Campbell uh, described it, was absolutely electric. Yeah, it was a great environment. It looked like they said the stadium was shaking. It was a different type of energy that was in there. And this is what you play in the playoffs for. You play for an opportunity to be in a position such as this to play in front of your home crowd. And get this going. And I, I can only imagine watching grown men cry after they won, which I was I was a casualty of tears after the Eagles won the Super Bowl. So I could absolutely tell you if they were to win one again in the near future, I will cry again. I'm guaranteeing that. But to watch grown individuals, you know, ball crying, seeing this is I mean, again, they haven't been to playoffs in 32 years. So that's Older than some people that I actually know. No, it's, older than, it's older than my girlfriend. Yeah. It's older than my girlfriend. Like legit, legit. Calling so, her out like that. It, um, uh, calling her her age out like that. Yeah. Um, well, she calls me old all the time. So there you whatever go. makes sense. <laughs> uh, they've won. They they haven't won a playoff game in that long. They've made the playoffs. Oh yeah, that's true. That's right. That's true. But, but still, yes. that's but still making it and not winning is still the oh, same thing for the me. Division and all that. Yeah. No. Yeah. It was a. It was a crazy environment uh, we talked you know i don't know if i said it on the podcast but i was going back and forth on this game because i i bought into the stafford storyline but i the, you know we've been talking about this line steam for a really long time and um you know ultimately i i think i think like home field advantage in the playoffs matters uh yeah and when you it have does. when you have the you know the fans as crazy as they were. Mike Carrico said maybe before the game started or right after that, you know, an hour before kickoff, there was a, a crazy amount of fans like already seated, mm-hmm. and he's he's never seen that many yeah. fans seated an hour before a game before. So you know that just kind of speaks to it. There's plenty of stuff to do at Ford Field, so you know that's just uh, that's a testament to how ready these guys were for it. 
and it was a it was a great game it was like well it was I'm, fun to watch it was you know i was rooting for the lions but i want to start uh, with dan campbell and jared goff yeah uh two guys that were basically thrown to the wolves uh early and often in their career uh especially for dan campbell as a head coach and as we've talked about several times on here, the interesting press conference uh, that he had to start off. Jared Goff was number one pick uh, and did not live up to that number one pick potential uh, for at least the first couple of years, but did eventually lead the Rams to the Super Bowl and they lost. And then McVay gave him the boot and he was stand up for what he said after the game. Uh, he said, you know, he was proud of Jared. He, he wishes that, you know, the way that the transition out would, would have been better and realistically how how would it be better you, you basically told this young man as number one pick we don't believe in you we believe in stafford and we just don't want you here right which worked out for them because they got a super bowl right this trade worked out for both teams. yeah yeah it did it totally did. did but now and- but now to me i see more of an upside for the lines because of age golf is obviously younger but he's also getting that confidence and that's where i want to credit dan campbell is he's in that game against the the Cowboys, which they should have won, um, he kept going for it and kept putting the ball in his hands and saying, "Listen, you're you're leading this. Let's go." And when it mattered the most in this game, he threw the ball. He gave the ball to Jared Goff. Jared Goff went to Amaran St. Brown and was able to clutch it up. And you can see, like, you can kind of see the relief out of golf when he turned around and rose his hands up to the crowd. Like, yeah, we did this, like, this is for you. And then also hearing the post game interview of how it just seems as Jeff is just one team, even all the way to the GM, right to the GM, all the way down to special teams. This team seems as, as much as a cohesive unit that I've ever seen. Like they fight for each other. They continue to push. And they are just, they're a nightmare for people. And I think people need to realize that even if they don't win the next game or they they do win the next game and then they lose the game after that, the Lions are going to be around for a while now with this team that's been built. And uh, yeah, it was just a really, really good game. Like a really, really good game. Uh, if you look at Goff and Stafford's numbers since the trade, mm-hmm. they both have, tw- this is from CBS Sports, they both have 24 wins, completion percentage, uh, I'm assuming this involves uh, includes the playoffs, but I might be wrong. 66%. Passing TDs, Golf has three more. Turnovers, they both have 41. Their passer rating is almost identical, 96.5 or 0.8. So it's, it's a wash there. And you think about it, too, that, you know, why I say this worked for both teams, Golf was a throw in there to make the salary work. Mm-hmm. And because they couldn't necessarily cut him. Agreed. Yep. The Rams couldn't. And now Detroit's got their guy. He's got the chip on their shoulder like most Lions fans have. <clears throat> and then you and you get basically Sam Laporta and Jameer Gibbs in that trade yep. through other trades. Yep. And they made a lot of trades on draft night the last two nights, what, uh, last did. two years, whether it was um, last year or uh, Jameson Williams the year before. So, yeah, it's worked out. And now they get to host a playoff game. So, who, as you mentioned, whoever wins tonight's uh, NFC 
game, the the Eagles or the Bucks, they're headed to Ford Field, and you know, based off what we saw last night, that's that's going to be a, a tough uh, environment for sure. Sorry, this is my my game decided to just uh, go off for some reason, but uh, the Bills are up seven nothing unless the Steelers just scored. But yeah, uh, yeah, no, I. <sighs> I'm just very intrigued to see what is going to happen with the Lions. And I'm also very intrigued now to see what's going to happen with the Rams, Sam, uh, because they have a really young team and uh, a fan. We are both a fan of Puka. Puka Nakua has literally Puka not be stopped. It, it, he's just phenomenal. Um, it, just the way he plays is him with Cup, which obviously we know Cup wasn't his fully self. He came back from the injury. Just imagine Cup has a healthy start to next year. Puka, healthy start. Um, that is going to be a very interesting uh, duo to deal with. Yeah. with Stafford, I, I also love the way Stafford throws the ball. I don't love what the Lions fans did where they were booing him and giving him the middle finger. Like, that's just stupid. Like, you guys loved him. You loved everything he did for you. Like, yes, he's the rival. You can, you can cheer him in, in, at the beginning. And then, like, during the game, yes, make it loud so he it's not good. But there's no reason to flip him off and boo him. He tried his best with the limited resources around him. He just, it was really him and Megatron, and that was it. You know what I mean? Like, it really was nothing else. Obviously, there was Dominican Sue in the defensive side and so on and so forth. But, um, yeah, I, I really like where this Rams team is potentially going to go and can go yeah. next year. So... Uh, I mean, I'm just Cooper curious Cup, to see where like, Donald goes if he if he stays if he comes back or not. Like that's going to be very intriguing to see him. Yeah, they're they're ahead of schedule. No one counted the Rams for anything this year. I mean, we looked at this roster and was like, all right, well they they traded everything for a Super Bowl. They got it, and now yeah. they don't have Jalen Ramsey, and they don't they have a you know Stafford had surgery in the off season and. You know, all these other moves of these guys that aren't here. Um, and, you know, Kyron Williams has developed into a number one running back. You mentioned mm-hmm. the fifth round pick, Puka. Tutu Atwell is a, a, a nice receiver. Demarcus Robinson yep. has been revived in L.A. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a nice foundation to continue to build off of. And, you know, uh, again, kind of played with house money this year. and. You know, they, uh, Stafford said it's, he's coming back, so we'll see. That'll be fun. That'll be fun to see. Uh, very interesting to see. What was also very interesting to see was the number six seed Dolphins at the number three seed Chiefs. And the Dolphins absolutely got spanked. Sam, <laughs> Sam literally texted me and said, um, yeah, uh, the Dolphins don't play great against good teams. And Sam was absolutely right <laughs> because the Dolphins did not play great against a good team. And here we are watching the Dolphins lose again. This is now 11 straight games for the Dolphins that they have lost when game time temperature is 40 degrees or below. 11 straight games. <laughs> yeah. So needless to say, is that the Dolphins need to do everything in their power to try to play in Miami and get the one or two seed 
to allow themselves to play there. Because if they don't, this time of the year, they are going to lose because they cannot seemingly win in the cold. And that's why week 18, where they laid an egg against, well, excuse me, the Bills came back and and won that game and and got Mm -hmm. the second seed. And now they're hosting a playoff game. That's why it's important, because as I mentioned, it was 80 degrees in Miami over the weekend. And it's, you know, there's viral videos of literally people taking water bottles out of coolers and they're, it's freezing on site. Like, <laughs> and it, it just, yeah, the, the Dolphins didn't show up. And aside from Tyreek's big touchdown catch, he continued to not show up against his former team. Yeah. But, you know, they're. McDaniel's 0 and 3 under 40 degrees and two is 0 and 4 under 40 degrees. So like that's it's a thing. This it, it just I hate this narrative that like but it's I it's true. Like they are a, a finesse football team. They are very good. Don't get me wrong. I the the defense was brutally hurt and yeah. was missing a lot of big yeah. big names. We've talked about it. Uh but this offense you know, still was was not at full strength, but they're a very finesse team, and it doesn't necessarily translate to January, February football, especially when it's so cold. Yep. And you know, yeah, the Dolphins didn't show up, and I, I got to give props to the Chiefs, who, aside from what the weather was, and from being home in a, you know, and in and an environment with a crowd that is arguably one of the loudest in all of sports. Yes. Um, it's and, them in the Seahawks. So yeah, yeah. literally from a decibel decibel level, like, yes. <laughs> those two places are the hardest to, to play. To play. Yep. And and the Chiefs just show no matter what, like they they came through. the The game was not as close as as the score even looked. It was what'd you say, twenty six to seven or something like that. It mm-hmm. you know the the Chiefs had to settle for some field goals there, but uh, it was. Yeah, it was Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid in January, and I think it's it calmed a lot of the conversations, and we talked about it a lot last episode. Um, you know, now the Chiefs have to go into to either Buffalo or um, what's the other scenario? They they go to Buffalo or they. Um, I'm, I'm not sure what the other one. I, is. I wrote it down somewhere, but regardless, um, it's you know if the Steelers win, I guess they host a game. Would make sense, but uh, it's not looking like that at the moment. But we'll see. Yeah, it <laughs> yeah. just um, fourteen zero. So yeah, that Bills. Do you think the Chiefs Sam's are back? About it. How do you how do you feel about the Chiefs? You think the Chiefs are back, or are you less worried than you were? I know we had a lot of concerns about how the season ended for Kansas City. I mean, Mahomes turns it on in uh, these games, but I'm still concerned with Kelsey's hands because I watched Kelsey drop several passes in that game too that were wide open Mahomes put in money I watched him also hit I forgot who it was that he hit I don't know if it was Scantley or uh or Tony uh but he hit directly on the hands and dropped the ball and he literally walked off and said not again like not again and so I I know they they stepped up and they and when it mattered but if they're going to face any of these teams left in the AFC, like if the Bills win, I'm 100% sure that they are going to need to be on point, and I don't know if they're going to be able to do that. 
right? The Dolphins have been uh, sketchy as hell, like more sketchy than the Chiefs. So I don't, I don't know if I believe that the Chiefs are going to be in the final game this year. But again, as we know, anything's possible with Mahomes. It's the same treatment that we gave Brady. Brady's not here anymore. So that Brady has now shifted to Mahomes. It's like we just know with this guy, all he needs is the opportunity. And we could be, that the Chiefs could be right back in the Super Bowl. So I don't think it's going to happen this year. I think the Ravens are way too good. Um, But anything's possible. Anything's really possible. The the drops thing, I think I think it's been really important, been kind of understated too, that Rasheed Rice has arrived as their number one receiver. Yes, and you know I think the sky's the limit for him. Uh, yeah, Kelsey had I saw one drop uh, mm-hmm. that he had, but <clears throat> I know he caught the most balls that he has since like the beginning of December or something like that. I think it was seven. Yeah, um, seven recept- receptions for seventy one yards. Rice was eight for 130 and a touchdown. So, you know, I think having someone, especially on the outside, to take, you know, yes, Kelsey has dropped a lot of balls. He has looked hurt. He, you know, there have been games. I'm glad he got week 18 off because he he definitely was running better than we saw him near the end of the year. Looked like he was laboring a lot. But there's a lot of attention on him. And I don't mean who his girlfriend is. I mean, like, on the field. (laughs) You know, he's always been, you know, he is a first ballot Hall of Famer, yes. no doubt. Yes. But, you know, when you don't, when you have Tony and MVS and Sky Moore on the outside and you don't need to really worry about them, you're going, you know, where Patrick's throwing the ball. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to, uh, you know, comment on anyone dropping balls in that weather. I mean, I know they're professional athletes. I, you know, but. I can't imagine what a Patrick Mahomes bullet feels like in negative 20 degrees when, you know, hey, I, I can't. But Sam, I'm not a football player. I, I will comment on it because you get yeah. paid millions of dollars to catch that That's goddamn fair. ball. That's so, fine. Yeah. You're not wrong, yeah. man. You're not yeah. wrong. I know it's hard. I know yeah. it feels like, I know it's painful. I mean, <clears throat> shit, Sam, we can walk outside right now and it's cold as hell and you can brush up against a, a bush. And that will feel like somebody dug a knife <laughs> into whatever limb that it touched, right? Um, it, it's not great outside. And and I'm saying that, and, and it's 20-something <clears throat> degrees here. It was 18 this morning when I went outside originally. But that was negative. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you're yeah. running full speed, getting hit by grown men at full speed. And then you're also hitting the ground, which feels like concrete at that point in time. So. Yeah. yeah, it's not easy, but again, no, I don't look. They play a, uh, they play a game for a yep. living, and yep. they uh, get everything that comes along with it. I don't disagree with that, uh, but you know, I'm not gonna lose. My, look, they won. It's not a big deal. This Correct. has been a. Pro- they need a new wide receiver coach. I don't know. You know, I they or maybe find people that can catch footballs. And I'm not counting Kelsey in this conversation. I'm not worried about Travis Kelsey, of course, but. That's fair. I was thinking about it as I as I'm watching this Bills game too. Mm-hmm. Those big like Bills Chiefs playoff games or even Bills Bengals, none of them were in Buffalo, were they? I think they were all either in Kansas City or in Cincinnati. Like this will be sure. a, if the Bills hold this lead and end up winning, and again, moot point for anyone listening to the podcast on Tuesday morning. But 
you know, I it'd be interesting to to have the Chiefs come into Buffalo because well, we didn't know the Chiefs play Buffalo this year, and when that was when Mahomes was complaining about the calls, wasn't that in in right. Buffalo? That was in that was in Buffalo. I meant those yeah. like big yeah. playoff games. Oh that, yeah, no, no, yeah, you're right. The the big playoff games were either in Arrowhead or. And Cincy, Cincy. Yeah. so yes, yes, for sure. Well, that'd be a fun environment to see. Um, it would be interesting because it's cold as hell there too. Uh, what was also interesting to see is how the Browns did not show up um, <laughs> against the Texans. So it was a matchup of five and four. Uh, Browns five C going to face Houston. The outcome was forty five to fourteen, and uh, it was a blowout from the beginning. It was legit a blowout from the beginning. CJ Stroud is everything you could ask for and more. Uh, I, that team that D'Amico Ryans has down there, just D'Amico Ryans and himself, uh, they're, they're, there's something in the water, man. I'm telling you right now, um, and I'm going to flat out say it. They're the only real team in Texas. Uh, yep. And I also would really like for people to stop calling the Dallas Cowboys America's team because that's embarrassing to America because you're misrepresenting what America looks like because we're not full of losers. Uh, so we should probably stop doing that, too. Um, but anyway, CJ looks really, really good, like really, really, really good, Sam. And I'm very, very proud to see that young man do what he's done and knowing his story and hearing the conversations that he's had with one of his idols, Mike Vick. Uh, he, he got in contact with him from the beginning and he was asking Vick so many questions. And one of the main things I took away from hearing that conversation was Vick told him, no matter what, be yourself. Don't ever change who you are. It got you here. Be yourself. Grow, learn, but don't change the core of you because you're a good kid. You've done all this to get here. Continue to do what you have to do, right? So the fact that this kid has gone out taking the time to get in contact with his one of his idols to learn from and 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 all I've continuously heard about him Sam is that he's just been a sponge over and over again uh they they just balled out and and I don't even know do they have an opportunity well does Dell have opportunity to come back during the playoffs no right Oh no, I think Dell's. He's think done Del's until next done. season, right? And Noah Brown, they just put him on IR too. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, because Dell broke his leg, right? I don't think. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, I I just love what they have, man. <laughs> I think it's just really, really good to see what they have. Uh, on the other side, I, I I said to Sam, for the Browns, as he mentioned earlier, the Browns are playing with house money. They had four quarterbacks this year. Uh, you paid Deshaun all, all this money. Deshaun had them going at one point. Uh, it was slow start, but had him going at one point. He goes down. You had PJ Walker. Uh, who, who was the other quarterback outside uh, of Flacco? DTR, right? Yeah, DTR as well, Robinson. right? Yeah. So did not work. <clears throat> Flacco comes off, off of his couch. Uh, great story that his kids actually get to see because they're grown up to see him play and like understand the game at this point and watch their dad play. He was balling, uh, has been balling uh, for the past few weeks. And then they get into this game and it's just a straight dud. Like even the defense who is considered one of the top defenses, by the way, the number one defense in the NFL this year was Sam's jets. That's how they were. 
Sorry, Sam. Uh, I'm surprised the amount of time they had to spend on the field, too. Yeah. <laughs> they were the number well, one defense. That too. says how good they really are. And that, yeah. that if I was a, a fan like <clears throat> you were, I would be optimistic, but also at the same time so pissed knowing that we're wasting years of this defense because we don't have an offense to go with it. But that's neither here nor there. Um, I don't know what the Browns have to do. I think they really have a good core. I mean, they have a phenomenal defense. It's just, can they put it all together at once, right? And I'm curious to see what happens in, this would be what, year two of Deshaun Watson next year? Well, I think, I mean, if do you count last year? Because they only played that. Like, I, I don't <clears throat> count last year. Yeah, no. I, I'd yeah, say so, like year two hmm. this year. But. I don't know how long that deal is. What was it, five years? They're stuck with them. That's guaranteed money. I think the the comparison or just looking at these two teams where you feel a lot better about the future of the Texans and then you realize it's like the Browns just got, you know, the wheels fell off against this young Texans team. Oh yeah, yeah we have to continue to trade them our picks and, you know, <clears throat> Tank Dell, uh the the one of the defensive uh tackles that, that got that pick six. Mm-hmm. He was in the he was part of the draft picks that the uh Browns sent over to Houston for Deshaun Watson. Uh Damian Pierce was a part of that. Will Anderson was a part of that. Like the Browns have rebuilt the Texans and they have done it on the they, on the fly. Have. We talked we talked about this. No one expected uh the Rams to be where they were. No one expected the the uh the Texans in year one mm-hmm. to to win that division. And especially with the way the Colts were playing without Anthony Richardson and the way the Jaguars just fell apart. No one kind of expected any of that to happen either. Yeah. And <clears throat> here they are and and the future looks incredibly bright. Like the the one thing and the reason I picked the the Texans before last game was just the poise that this kid CJ Stroud has. <clears throat> Excuse me. And just the way he's been playing and that was on full display and you gotta feel good about Ryan's and and this young core of, of players. They're hungry. They're not, you know, or are they going into uh they're probably going to Baltimore. And uh, you know, that's that's gonna be a really good game. Hell of a matchup. Really good game. You you kinda have like these two teams where it's like Nothing, you know, the sky's the limit for Houston. And, you know, you mentioned a good core in Cleveland, but I, I just feel like this contract and, and the assets that you had to give up for that contract and Deshaun Watson, you're kind of stuck in the mud a little bit. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. I'm, you know, as a cool story from Joe Flacco, I mean, it was risk reward. Like he, he had nothing to lose. He was just slinging it for weeks. Mm-hmm. But this offense came alive. And, um, you know, now you see, we don't really know what the deal is with Deshaun Watson. And I know he got, had a major injury, but before that, you know, there were a lot of like questions about, is he just kind of, you know, taking his time with things and, you know, heads on in the game and all that. We'll see, you know, they're stuck with him. Um, one thing I think too is, uh, a little underrated is how good Bobby Slowick has been the offensive coordinator for the Texans. Mm -hmm. And he is in position to potentially get a head coaching job. And you mentioned CJ being a sponge. Like, you know, um, it'll 
it'll be tested if if this uh OC gets a, another job but you know I don't I don't think I'm saying this I don't think CJ is a result of just a good OC you know I clearly yeah, is no, a, I don't you know I don't a generational kind of talent yeah but it you know it, it can't help that if Bobby Sloak's not here next year it can't help um I will say this on the air so people can hear this. I believe the Ravens play on Sunday at 6.30 p.m. So you are more than welcome to come over, Sam. We'll see if he does it. I'll get back to you guys next week and let you know if he does or does not. Um. Anyway, that was, that like, was the games. That was yeah, the games. It looks yeah. like it could be Texans at Ravens or Chiefs. Um, 4:30 on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Uh, we'll see. I think, I think if it was the Steelers, if the Steelers won, they would play it on Sunday. I think that's it. It's so weird at this time. Whatever. We'll figure out whatever schedules. It's weird Sam doing a podcast. Yeah, we can't. Uh, can't really do our picks because the you know everything's not set. So check out. Uh, you know, check out Instagram later in the in the week, everybody, and we'll we'll have our picks in there for sure. But I guess the one matchup. We do have just looking at this before we kind of get into other news is Packers at Niners eight o'clock on Fox on Saturday night. Yeah. I think yeah. we're both, you know, uh, Packers a great story here, but uh, I think the San Fran team is is exceptionally good. I'm gonna go there. So yeah, but we've also <clears throat> seen teams that have this long of a period of time to rest sometimes come out flat. Yeah, and where teams are hot. It's not great, so we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, if that actually turns out to be like that, I doubt it will, but <laughs> we'll see. Um, other news, which was very, 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 very interesting: three Hall of Fame coaches, definitely three Hall of Fame coaches, have uh, either parted ways or have stepped down from their podiums as I would like to say, the most famous one who is arguably the greatest coach in NFL history, Bill Belichick. They parted ways with one another. They had a nice little press conference, him and Robert Robert Kraft patting each other on the back, uh, all this type of jazz. And it was very casual. It was awkward as hell for me watching that, by the way. I was watching that. I was like, this is hella awkward, but sure, let's just do this, whatever. Um, and then the next day, who has been rumored to be the next one to take uh Belichick spot whenever he did leave, it was Gerard Mayo, who was uh captain for like I think 10 straight years when he was on the Patriots or something like that, some ridiculous number. Uh, but he is the former now former linebacker coach, is now the head coach uh, of the Patriots, and I'm just very, very happy that uh they were able to fill the position. I was I'm happy they were able to fill the position with somebody that already knows the organization has been around the organization so long. And I myself am very happy that it was a black man that was able to get the position uh, because the last time the Patriots were had to hire a head coach, the running rule wasn't in effect. They didn't have to go through any of the stuff that all these other teams have had to go through with all the rules changing for coaching and, and interviewing. And, and, and they even avoided that this time around and they had their guy already there and they just did what they needed to do. So kudos to Gerard Mayo, but also kudos to Bill Belichick for 
being the longest tenured coach in the NFL uh, at that point in time. Uh, now that's severed. Uh, but just all that he's done in New England. I'm sorry, Sam. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, he definitely deserves his flowers while he's here. We got to watch history, Sam. Like We legit watched history. We were able to sit here and see something that we'll probably never see again uh, in our existence. Maybe it'll happen again in some other decade or when we're long gone, uh, if football doesn't turn into flag football by that time. But uh, yeah, shout out to to Bill. So <clears throat> thoughts on that, uh, especially rooting for a rival team. Uh, you know, I I showed surprisingly showed some love for for Bill after um, last week's episode because I didn't understand the, you know, I I think regardless of how this season or like the failure to move on from Tom Brady and like establish a winning team, uh, like there's a lot. Bill was part of that. Don't get me wrong. We've talked yeah. extensively about the draft history and, and, you know, all of all those other things, but you know, this was, you know, I'm glad at least he, you know, left on his own kind of terms, if whatever it is, but 213 coaches have been hired (laughs) in the NFL since (laughs) Bill Belichick became head coach of the Patriots 24 years ago, 213. I don't even know if the Texans were a team yet. They were not. Yeah, so, but if you do 213 divided by 31, each, (laughs) we'll round up, each team has gone through seven head coaches. I'm assuming this counts interim as well, but still, seven head coaches in the uh, the 24 years Bill's been, been, you know, the man in, in New England. So, yeah, you know, he, he'll get to, do whatever he wants. I was surprised. Um, you know, it's, it sounded like Washington's out on there. I know that was a hot name where he could go, but it'd be interesting to see what what happens there. I, I think being able to just pick a, a team that's ready to win with a really good defense, that's why I think the, the Dallas thing makes a lot of sense. Um, but we'll, you know, we'll see there. He gets to certainly pick, you know, what the, the end of his coaching career looks like here and that's certainly not a bad thing but i'm glad he's out of the east so. i'm sure you are um i For mean now. you you probably should be you probably should want him to stay in there right now with the teams that they were putting together in new england because it was absolutely terrible and they only had two wins this year um so that's not great uh Pete carroll he stepped down which i don't think anybody saw <laughs> coming it sounds all. like he it sounds like more like he was forced to do i didn't hear any of these press conferences that you mentioned the bill one i didn't i didn't see that one either but um it sounded like he was not ready for that so it was kind of an organizational decision uh, uh, yeah and apparently i mean well that's how i i i kind of don't agree with that I, I don't know if that's necessarily true because why would he be a part of the team in some capacity. Like if, if you were wrongly removed from that and they were like forced you, like why would you stay around after that? Cause apparently that's the rumor is that he's going to be a part of the team in some other capacity. So I feel, I, I don't feel like, like a Sam, I don't feel like if, if you're at your job and they came to you and were like, you know what, Sam, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna remove you from your position. We know you love it. We know you want to continue doing it. We're going to move you from that 
but we're going to have you do a lesser role because we just still want to keep you around. You're probably going to have a sour taste in your mouth. Realistically. Yeah. No, that's fair. You're not going to be happy, especially if it's a, a major demotion or it's not something that you really truly want to do. You're probably going to look to go elsewhere. So I don't know if that's I, I'm curious to hear more about it because we it kind of just it slipped in between Bill Belichick and the other guy we're going to talk about, Nick Saban. So it, it just I don't know. It's just really weird. It really is weird. I'm curious what's going to happen. I also think, I mean, didn't Vance Joseph, isn't he the DC for the Broncos after getting fired as yes. a head coach, you know, three yes. years ago or whatever? So, mm-hmm. like, that's kind of weird too. But he came back. So, I guess I don't know if that would be me, but, uh, you know, to, to each their own. And again, there's only so many <laughs> coaching jobs in, in the NFL. So, I, I certainly don't um, think of any less of anyone that wants to to take one even if the situation's weird or the uh you know it, it leaves something to be desired as far as the you know where you're going but agreed uh, yeah no that that was a, a shocker a lot of names have floated there i initially you know dan quinn makes the most sense at, at be the next head coach since he did kind of was one of the masterminds behind the legion of boom and all yep. of that but you know he just didn't have the greatest showing. I don't know if that necessarily matters. I think the people, John Snyder and, and company in Seattle knows who Dan Quinn is. You know, I've heard Vrabel there. It'll be interesting. A, a guy who we, we got off the air and, and all of a sudden Mike Vrabel was fired. So yeah. that was weird too. Um, yeah, it was a, a very weird couple days as far as hiring and firings. But, um, you know, from Pete Carroll to, I think the, you know, the, the big one, um, too and you know i know we have this down we're talking a little college football but just you know not to bury the lead here nick saban is is done in alabama and they were quick to replace him but uh your thoughts on nick saban i know you've never shied away from your thoughts on nick saban but the end of uh end of an era in uh in a tuscaloosa i could i mean nick saban is the greatest college coach ever um I just could care less about Nick Saban. I could care less really out of anything that happens in Alabama, except for some of the really good players that come out of there. I hate that organization with a passion. Um, Saban is just whatever um, to me, but I I do respect the history. I kind of just feel the way about Saban that you probably do about Belichick. It's like you respect the tenure, respect the time, but it's just kind of like whatever. I'm happy to see you just – go off to wherever you're going to go off to. Like, I don't really care for what he does, but for the game, he's definitely changed that. But I, I knew he wasn't going to stay around long because of how much he bitched about the NIL over he and over and over again about it for a while. I know yeah. Reggie Bush had a pretty viral tweet or, or give Reggie his trophy back. Yeah. First off, give him his trophy back. You God can induct him into the college hall of fame or do whatever. Like, you can't do that and not give him his trophy back. Give him his trophy give him back. Give him damn trophy back. Yeah. Second, I know, you know, he said what a lot of people have inferred for a while because Nick has been complaining about NIL for a while, which is kind of crazy because before NIL, he was basically just like, here, these are all mine. And like taking all the, yeah, yeah. All the prospects. And once and he started seeing that not go his way and kids can go to other like, places, he was like, hmm, no, I'm counting. Yeah. yeah. 
I'm going to uh-huh. go to Washington. Yeah, you're going to yeah. go to Washington. You're oh, gonna... well, what they're doing out there and blah, blah, blah. And they're doing all this and players are transferring. I love that players are being able to transfer. Like, hey, listen, I'm not getting any burn here. F you, I'm going over here. And I'm right. going to go do what I have to do. And then it just builds storylines, right? And then, it, But also the NIL is going to keep some players in college longer because they're making money here that some of them may not ever make in their life beyond college football so while you're here make all the money that you can do what you got to do and then go um but yeah whatever i mean speaking of one of those people caleb he's he's now said he's going into the draft which he could have stayed and made a ton of money uh it would definitely be him and shador making the most money next year probably for quarterbacks and he has now said he's gonna go to the draft which i'm very not i'm glad it's finally over sam that we don't have to worry about oh is he going is he not going i think we pretty much knew in our mind in our heart of hearts that he was going but i'm just very happy that that saga is over like we we know you're going you're playing mind games whatever bye and and i i know they have caleb is a high prospect right but some of his last few games in college has me scared for yeah, what potentially happens. It's it's crazy because you have, I mean, we saw the talent. We knew the talent in Oklahoma right before he even got to USC. But it's it's kind of like one of those things where the hype just has not matched the play on the field. It's almost, it's. I mean, Trevor Lawrence won in college. Trevor Lawrence was elite in college. But those skill, like, he never lit up the stat work. And there's more to being a quarterback and a leader of a team than I'm not saying Trevor Lawrence was a game manager or anything like that. Josh Allen running to the house like that. Um, so it, it'd be interesting. I, I, I mean, we, we're going to be talking about this till we're blue in the face. What does Chicago do at one? Because whether it's him or Drake May or Justin Fields, like there's a lot of different things you could do there. But you know, it's uh, yeah, it was a no-brainer for Caleb to, you know, take a shot there and be the, uh, you know, probably be the first pick in the draft. So, um, it'll be intriguing to see what happens. Uh, yeah. for sure. I'm I'm curious as what happens, but I I'm really curious to see what's going to happen in the divisional round and after tonight, we'll we'll know what's all laid out. And as Sam said, he'll mention exactly who and where they're going because it's all confusing as hell as to what days which is going to happen but i'm absolutely looking forward to that so with that said sam close this out good sir yeah man thanks uh thanks so much for listening 120 in the books uh you know for brandon my name's sam thank you so much for listening and watching and following us everywhere and tell your friends um and uh till next time peace Somebody do something about this cold. It's freezing. That's all I got to say. It's freezing. It's freezing. It's freezing. It's freezing. Do something about the cold. Goodbye.